0: All right, praise Yahweh, everyone. This is Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. And um, also we're doing our live, normal, our live feed on Facebook. So for those um, that will come in or that are coming in to view us on Facebook, I want to ask that you um, tag someone, share this this uh, podcast and this live feed, to those that need to hear it because we have a good subject today uh we're going to be talking about christmas since christmas is coming up i was going to try to save this for our bible study on uh thursday but uh that's christmas eve and a lot of people probably won't be tuned in and maybe you can get this message before then um getting the message of truth across to people is uh kind of remind me of the prophets you know when Uh, God uh, told the prophets that, you know, they're going to when you go and bring the word to them, they're going to say it's no use. We're going to continue on in our ways. Right. And so um, a lot of these traditions and uh, what I'm going to talk about today is so deep rooted in our religious experience until it's very difficult to get people to understand that it's very dangerous to engage in these type of activities. And so especially once truth come, if you do it in ignorance, you know, God give you a pass on that uh, from the perspective of doing it in ignorance, but I wanna tell you that there is no excuse for ignorance because the scripture says there was a time when God winked at ignorance, but now he's calling all people everywhere to repentance. And so, uh, this is the time that, that we need to turn uh, from these pagan holidays. And so, today I want to uh, talk to you about Christmas. And my title today is Let's Take Christ, the Messiah, Out of the Mass, Christmas, right? Because Christmas has turned holy places, the places we worship, the place that should be sacred, the place that should not be tainted. Or corrupted by paganism, demonism, witchcraft, and evil and 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 uh, satanic stuff, right? It should not be tainted with that, but Christmas has they have uh, turned Christmas has turned holy places into hell holes, has totally, totally tainted, tarnished, corrupt, polluted these holy places. Hallelujah uh the time where God told Moses take off your shoes because they are on holy ground right and and uh, uh when it comes to the worship of God we should not be bringing paganism and evil into it so i know that what i'm talking about today and going to share with you today is not popular it's not something that people will talk about um and 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 so on but my subject today, please, this is a, 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 a powerful message you need to hear, stay tuned, and invite people to come in and view this, right? If you want truth. You know, we, we, we say we want truth, but we don't want truth. Jesus said to, to the Jews who believed on him, he said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And um, uh, today we just find that people don't want to continue in truth. Paul told the Galatians, you know, do you you hate me? Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And so, Joshua, when he stood before Agrippa, he said that I have come to testify of truth, for this is the purpose that I came into the world. And why I'm here is to, to bear witness to the truth. But It seems as though today people don't really care about the truth. It's whatever makes me feel good, whatever entertains me, uh, whatever my culture or uh, my religious experience has whatever's worked in that. That's what I will continue on. But if you really want to move deeper and further into God, uh, you really want to experience the greatness and the awesomeness of God, his healing, his power, uh, his goodness. You must turn from these things. Hallelujah. And so I, you know, all I can do is, 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 you know, give myself as a living testimony that God will take care of you and provide for you in the name of the Lord when you stand on his word. So today, once again, um, I'm hoping that you will stay tuned and listen to this, uh, this lesson that I want to teach on. Let's take Christ out of the mass because Christmas has turned holy places into hell holes, places that are corrupted and, and tarnished and unclean, right? A hunt for demons. So I want to read a couple of passages of scriptures for you. One is found in the New Century Version of the Bible, and this is found in the book of Galatians chapter 4 and verse 8 through 11. And it reads, in the past, you did not know God. You were slaves to gods that were not real. That was in the past. That was before you got saved. That was before you got to know God, right? Those that don't know God, we, you know, can't blame them. They're in ignorance. But those who supposed to be in the truth and know God, hallelujah, you're supposed to turn from this wickedness. And so he says, in the past, you did not know God. You were slaves to gods that were not real, like Christmas and paganistic Easter and all these other pagan worship and idolatry that we have in the church today. Verse nine, he says, but now, you know, the true God. Hallelujah. Really, it is God who knows you. (laughs) And he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And and, and, and then it goes on to say, um, so why do you. He says, he said, but now we, we we know the true God and really it is God who knows you. So why do you turn back to those weak and useless rules you followed before, before you got saved? You still haven't changed. You're celebrating and doing the same things you did before you got saved. Right. Uh, do you want to be slaves to those things again? You in prison. You're in bondage. That's why you can't get delivered. That's why you got an addiction. That's why you can't break the bad habits. Hallelujah. You still follow teachings <laughs> about special days, months, seasons, and years. I'm uh, Paul says, I'm afraid for you that my work for you has been wasted. And so one of the things that I've concluded with, is that a lot of people are not going to listen to this. And I got another passage of scripture, Zephaniah, that I want to talk about. But I just wanted to say that, you know, this is to people who believe in me. And what I mean by believe in me, they accept me as a pastor, know that I'm speaking the truth, and want to hear a word from me. Because a lot of these other folks ain't going to listen. They're going to find themselves lost somewhere. And I'm trying to throw you a lifeline. But Zephaniah chapter 1, Verse eight through nine, it says, on the holy day, God's, this is the message Bible. It says, on the holy day, God's judgment day, he says, I will punish the leaders and the royal sons. Because they're responsible for allowing all this stuff to get into church. He said, I will punish those who dress up like foreign priests and priestess. And that's why, because uh, God told us not to imitate the ways of the world and the ways of the pagans. And that's why I don't wear clergy collars. That's why I don't wear these clergy robes and all this other stuff that these folks deck themselves out in wearing chain crosses. That is idolatry. That's why I don't do that, because if you do the history of the church, they adopted that those practices, those customs from pagans. And God said that I will punish those who dress up like foreign priests and priestesses. And that's what they're doing. (laughs) Verse 9, he says, who introduced, this is Ephraim 1, chapter 1, verse 8 to 9, I'm on verse number 9. Who introduced pagan prayers and practices? These folks, that are dressed up like it. He said, and I'll punish all who import pagan superstitions that turn holy places into hell holes from the message Bible. And that's where I draw my message from today, is that he says, and I'll punish all who import Pagan superstitions like Christmas that turn holy places into hell holes. And that's what we see in the church is hell holes. And we're going to get into some of this stuff. So I don't want to jump ahead of myself. But first of all, since I'm talking about paganism and mentioning pagan to you, a pagan is a follower of a false God, not following the true God, Yahweh, and a heathen religion one who delights in sensual pleasure that's why people always got to be moved by the senses right and material goods that's what a lot of people caught up in when we study the scriptures my brothers and sisters there is not even a hint of christmas being celebrated by the apostles and the christians of the first century church look at it and you'll see and the uh, uh, as a matter of fact jesus or Joshua. Nor did his apostles, apostles institute the celebration of Christmas. We must worship God according to truth and the Spirit. Let me say that again: we must worship God according to the Spirit and truth. John chapter four, verse twenty-three through twenty-four, and this is the World English Bible, and it reads: "But the hour." comes and now is when true worship when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth are you a true worshiper for the father seeks such to be his worshippers God is not looking for anybody and anything to worship him it doesn't matter who you are where you are if you're not worshiping him in spirit and in what truth Truth. <laughs> He's not looking for you. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And that's the key. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 29 through 32. And please, those of you that are viewing or may come in later to view this, um, you can follow me on these scriptures. Because I'm a a biblical teacher, scriptural teacher. And let me just tell those who want to insert their opinion. Your opinion is not welcome here. This is a biblical study and lesson. And whatever you come at me with, come at me with scriptures. Because that's what we're talking about here today. So Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 29 through 32. When Yahweh your God shall cut off the nations from before you talking to the children of Israel and dwell in their land. Take heed to yourselves that you not be ensnared to follow them. And that's what they're doing today. Following the pagans, following the heathens, following the godless, right? Following the world. After that, they are destroyed from before you because God is going to do it. He's telling the children of Israel and there was a light to the world in an example, right? He said, and that you not inquire, after their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. That's verse 30. Don't do that, God says. Now, you. Now I know some people say, oh, well, you know, that's Old Testament scriptures. Paul said all scriptures are God-breathed. They're inspired by God, and they are useful for teaching and correcting, and root-proof, right? Training in righteousness and all that good old stuff, right? So verse 31, it says, you shall not do so to to Yahweh your God. Worship like they worship. For every abomination to Yahweh, which he hates. Christmas, God hates Christmas. You think you're doing something to honor God? God hates Christmas. Have they done to their gods, for they even... For even their sons and their daughters do, they turn into the fire to their gods. And same with Christmas. We're going to get into some of that, right? Whatever thing I command you, this is what Yahweh says, that you shall observe to do. Whatever his word says. Show me one place in his word where he says, celebrate Christmas, December 25th. Or show me even where Christ said celebrate his birthday. Hallelujah. Even though we know he wasn't born on December 25th. He says, whatever thing I command you, that shall you observe to do. You shall not add thereunto, nor diminish from it. Right. You don't add or take away from the word of God. You take it as it is. Hallelujah. Matthew six and seven. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. See, he don't want you to do anything anything in his worship like pagans do the godless do for they think they will be heard because of their many words do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him <laughs> hallelujah so number one as i said before jesus was not born on december the 25th the word of god reveals nothing to us as pertaining to the date of jesus birth So why in the world are you celebrating something that you have no facts on? Don't say it's no harm. Who told you that? That's what the devil told Eve, right? You will not die. God knows that the day you eat of it, you shall become like God's. She ate, Adam ate, and look, we've been dying ever since. He lied. Don't believe the lie. The Bible says God will send them a strong delusion for they have delighted in wickedness. They believe the. they believe a lie rather than have no love for the truth hallelujah so to say that jesus was born on december 25th is as wrong as saying i was born on december 25th when i know i was not born on that date i was born july 5th hallelujah at least I, that's the record document that shows when i was born my mom told me i was born that day i got witnesses hallelujah if Joshua was not born on December 25th, how did so called Christians come to celebrate the birth of Christ on December the 25th? So, how did we get here? There's a song out in the world, How Did You Get Here, right? How did we get here? The celebration of Christmas owes much to pagan rituals. <laughs> Under the Julian calendar, December the 25th was the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. People celebrated the event as the birthday of Mitris, the unconquerable sun, because the days started getting longer after this point, after December 25th. Early Europeans believed in evil spirits, witches, ghosts, and trolls. They believed in all this stuff. As a winter solstice approached, with its long, cold nights and short days, Many people feared the sun would not return. So they began to do special rituals and celebrations and, 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 and they, they held these to welcome the sun back. <laughs> uh, the Romans, when you look at the Romans, the Romans celebrated their God, Saturn, right? And we call it uh, Saturn, Saturnalia or Saturnalia, however you say that word. Their festival was called Saturnalia, which began the middle of December and ended January the 1st. All paganism. With cries of S- Joe Saturnaria, the celebration would include masquerades on the streets, in the streets, big festivals, meals, visiting friends, and exchange of good luck gifts called strinades, which was lucky fruits. The Romans decked their halls with garlands of laurels and green trees lit with candles. <laughs> Sound like today, right? Again, the masters and slaves would exchange places. Joe Saturnalia was a fun and festive time for the Romans, but the Catholic church thought it an abomination to honor the pagan God during that time, right? But as Roman Catholicism spread, they were alarmed by the continuous celebration of pagan customs. And Saturnalia... Among their converts, people bringing that stuff in, and instead of having power to transform lives, the, li- the 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 pagans, the people that's getting saved, was coming in, transforming the church, and that's what's happening today. People are, are dancing, and pastors and leaders are are dancing to, and responding to, and jumping to the desires and wishes of the people. Hallelujah! Rather than calling people to repent and serve God according to truth, so. They were alarmed by this. And so at first, the Catholic Church had forbidden this kind of celebration, but it was to no avail. They could not stop it. Eventually, it was decided that the celebration would be tamed and made into a celebration fit for the Christian Son of God. And that's who we know as Jesus Christ. The 25th was not only sacred to Romans, but also to the Persians whose religion, Mithraism. Was one of the Christianity's main rivals at that time, right? Like we coming up against a lot of paganism today and a lot of different things, right? And so the church eventually was successful in taking the merriment, lights, gifts from the Saturnalia festival, but bringing them to the celeb- and bringing them to the uh, celebration of of Christmas. Hmm. But in 350 A.D., of course, we know Constantine kind of implemented this. Christmas theme, but in 350 A.D., the Bishop of Rome, Julius I, chose December 25th as the observance of Christmas, and and we've been doing it, every. the folks have been doing it ever since. On another note, how did the giving gifts come to play with Christmas? Well, here is something that I want to share with you. (laughs) Uh, Let's first look at St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas in the common name for St. Nicholas of Myra is the common name for St. Nicholas of Myra. Who lived in the fourth century in the Byzantine Lycia, which we know today as modern Turkey, who had a reputation for secret gift giving. Right. There is as much as in a, a general known about him in the West. And that's this is all that we really know about him. The historical character. Was the inspiration for when we talk about the uh, uh, the Nicholas that the Saint Nicholas that was a saint that they made a saint. Uh, this historical character was the inspiration for the mythical figure known as Nicholas in Germany and Santa Claus in the Netherlands and Flanders, which in turn was the inspiration for the myth of Santa Claus, right? And and by the way, if you if you're telling your kids that there's a Santa Claus and you know there's not a real Santa Claus, that's a lie too. So I, I hope Saints, I hope the, the people of God uh, is not doing that in the name of the Lord. Uh, please don't do that if if you are in the name of the Lord. Um, so Santa Claus, a contracted form of Saint Nicholas, is a major celebration in the Netherlands. St. Nicholas Day, December the 6th was a festivity for children in much of, of Europe, related to surviving legends of the saints and particularly his reputation as the bringer of, of the gifts. Um, if, Carol, can you bring me a towel? I'm starting to sweat up in here. Um, the American and British Santa Claus today, what we see today, derives from this festivity the name Santa Claus being a degeneration of the Dutch word Sinterklaas. Hallelujah! Thank you very much, my sister. So, the, uh, so, so when we look at this, it's it's uh, 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 all this comes from man-made tradition. When you talk about Santa Claus, when you talk about all of those different types of things. Now, the history of the festive Saint Nicholas celebration is complex and reflects conflicts between Protestantism. And Catholicism, the history of the festive Saint Nicholas celebration is complex. And we're looking at Protestantism and Catholicism, there's a little difference there. But since Nicholas was a canonized saint, Martin Luther replaced, we're not talking about Martin Luther King, we're talking about Martin Luther the monk in the 1500s who started the Protestant movement. Martin Luther replaced the festival That had become associated with the papacy with a Christ kind or Christ child celebration on Christmas Eve. Right. (laughs) And you can kind of put together, see how on Christmas Eve, Santa Claus comes in and bring the gifts. Right. Nicholas, the Nicholas celebration still remain a part of tradition among many Protestants, albeit on much lower scale than Christmas. Right. And so that's why. You have your Santa Claus, and that's why you have your Christmas Eve versus your Christmas Day and how those things are celebrated and uh, combined together. So the Nicholas celebration is a part of that, right? The Protestant Netherlands, however, retained a much larger St. Nicholas tradition. Many Catholics, on the other hand, have adopted Luther's Christ kind. Now, let me just say something about Protestants and Catholics, and evangelicals because I'm not Protestant, I'm not Catholic, and I'm not evangelical. And don't put me in none of those categories. I'm apostolic, right? I'm a I'm, um, oneness believer, I'm a disciple of the Messiah. If you can't think of anything else, just think of me as a disciple of the Messiah. I'm not any of that other stuff. Don't don't put me in the category with evangelicals. Don't put me in the category with Protestants. Don't put me in the category with Catholic. I love everybody, but I'm not in the category. That's not what I believe. And that's not what I, I roll with. Uh, because they'll try to put you in those categories and you you're not gonna put me in that category, right? And so <clears throat> let me move on here because I got I, I wanna uh um uh, uh cover some things and, and show you something. But the Santa we know today has his beginning in 1823 with Clement Seymour's A Visit from St. Nicholas, in which he described St. Nicholas as chubby and plumped, a right jolly old F. <laughs> Forty years later, Thomas Nass, political cartoonist, created a different illustration each year of Santa for the cover of Harper's Weekly. His Santa was plump. Jolly old fellow with a white beard and smoking a long stem pipe. Right. And, and, and remember, um, that woman, but I think her name was Kelly subno Fox and she said Santa was right, was white. And yes, he was white. <laughs> he sure wasn't black. Right. Cause we don't do, uh, we, we didn't have nothing to do with this paganism stuff. Right. But a lot of people got up and oh, she says Santa is white. Yeah, he is white. Um, from 1931 to 1964, Haddon Sunblum created a new Santa each Christmas for Coca-Cola advertisement that appeared worldwide on the back covers of Post and National Geographic magazines. And I'm going to show you, uh, if, if you could see this through the camera, I don't know. But I'm going to show you 1931, what it looked like, and then in 19... 19- uh 34 what it looked like there and that's kind of what what it looked like for those that are viewing if anyone is viewing and those that are looking those on the podcast you can't see it uh but um i just want to share that with you so that you can so that you can see it but That was 1931 and 1964 when we talk about um, the Santa Claus and how they 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 created that, and so now we got that stuff today in the church, right? And uh, Santa, you have pastors is wearing Santa hats. Now I ain't trying to condemn nobody, talk about nobody or anything. And if you wear one, you know, hey, just don't wear it again. But pastors ought to have no better. This ain't no funny game. This is serious. The Christmas tree, let's talk about this. The Christmas tree also has pagan and ungodly origins, right? In the seventh century, there was a monk from Credition, Devonshire, named Saint Boniface, and most people have heard of St. Boniface before, right? Went to Germany to teach the word of God. He spent much time in Turin Turingia an area which was uh, uh, was to become a cradle of the Christmas decoration industry. Saint Boniface was converting uh, who converted the German people to Roman Catholicism was said to have come across a group of pagan pagans worshiping an oak tree. In anger Saint Boniface he, say, he is said to have cut down the oak tree and to his amazement, a young fir tree sprung up from the roots of the oak tree, Saint <laughs> Boniface took this as a sign of Christian faith. Right? Legend has it that he used the triangular shape of the fir tree to describe the so-called Trinity of God, of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And and with me being a oneness believer, I don't believe in no Trinity. I don't believe in uh, God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. That that uh, there's three persons in the Godhead. Believing one, uh, Jesus is the only person in the Godhead. And I do believe in the father, God, the father, of course, and the Holy Spirit is it's the same, right? It's the same as the father. There's no three separate persons in the Godhead. These three are one and all that kind of stuff. Right. I, I don't believe in that. But that's a whole nother lesson that I, that I teach on quite often when we talk about the Godhead. But we don't believe in no Trinity. That's man tradition. That's something that 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 was created in the early centuries. Uh, 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 in, in 325 AD and all of that, right? And then on down to the council, I think it was Constantinople. But we don't believe that stuff and we don't fall for that. The converted people begin to revere the fir tree as God's tree. That's idolatry and worship right there, right? And, and and by the way, you see a lot of churches with Christmas trees in their churches and with the lights and everything else and in their homes, Right? So you bring in idolatry and paganism and and all this, these these wicked customs in your home, in your church or wherever you might be. And it's wrong. You have turned holy places into hell holes. And that's what we're talking about here. Right. By the 12th century, it was being hung. The Christmas tree, it was being hung upside down from ceilings at Christmas time in central Europe as a symbol of Roman Catholicism. The first decorated tree was at Rija in Latvia in 1510. The first decorated tree. For us who believe in one God, and a lot of people say they believe in one God, but then they start saying, and he's this, and he's that, and he's this. No, it's just one God. Should not have nothing to do with Christmas tree with the christmas tree because it is based on a false concept about Yahweh being described as three persons the tree was also in a sense worshiped as an idol as mentioned earlier the romans celebrated the winter solstice with a fest called saturnalia in honor of saturnus the god of agriculture they decorated their houses with greens and lights and exchanged gifts. They gave coins for prosperity and pastries for happiness and lamps to light one's journey through life. <laughs> Centuries ago in Great Britain, woods priests called Druids used evergreens during mysterious winter solstice rituals. The Druids used whole um. Uh, Holly and and uh, mistletoe as symbols of eternal life the place and place evergreen branches over doors to keep away evil spirits And you know, the druids also tied in the Halloween. So, you know, a lot of that they sacrifice um, uh, uh, Human beings and life and kill folks and, and so on because of all that and all that is tied to the church and to the world and, and it's paganism and that's why we got to be careful, of the things that we celebrate, because it's then that's why, you know, folks don't have no power. That's why you pray and you can't get a breakthrough. That's why you're sick and you can't get well. That's why you're, you're depressed and your mind is all messed up. Right. And, and and that's why you can't get those demons off of you. Right. That's why our community is so messed up. So. The Druids, they, they would do this stuff, right? And 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 they they called themselves keeping away evil spirits. <laughs> but you can't keep away evil spirits. Uh, if Satan came to divide against itself, he can't stand. Late in the Middle Ages, Germans and Scandinavians placed evergreen trees inside their homes or just outside their doors to show their hope in the forthcoming spring. Our modern Christmas tree evolved from these early traditions. Everything that... I talked about when you look at the Christmas tree. So when you talk about Christmas, Santa Claus, gifts and the tree, it has nothing to do with the Messiah and the kingdom, his kingdom, right? It is all traditions of men. And look what Yahshua said about traditions. In the book of Matthew chapter 15, verse eight through nine, it says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me." And that's what people do today. They give a lot of lip service. Even wicked people, you know, you see them getting awards, and they say, oh, well, you know, and I wanna thank my God, right? Uh, Chadwick Boseman, Boseman, or whatever you call his name, the brother that died. And you know, hey, I'm not trying to put nothing on, on a dead man, but I saw that, that despicable movie, right? Uh, uh, Ma something. What is it, Sister Carol? Ma Rainey. Thank you, Sister Carol. (laughs) Got my helper back there helping me out. Ma Rainey, right? I saw that. I don't care if you're acting or not acting. You don't blaspheme God and claim you believe in God and claim you was in church. Hallelujah. I don't know why he died because God didn't reveal that to me. And I hope he got his life together. But blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, once you're a believer, you can't be forgiven of that. And that's why you got to be careful of stuff that you do. You're doing what the world tells you to do, acting. Those that that, that thought that was a good movie, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because that was despicable. If you believe in God, if you believe in Yahweh and you serve him, that was a disgusting movie. And Chadwick was disgusting in what he said, even in acting. I don't care who he was trying to, out. if I'm a believer, nah, I don't do that. There's certain, there's certain lines you don't cross as a believer. You have principles, right? And he, he, he violated that. So they worship him, Yahweh, with their lips, but their heart is far from him. We see it all the time, right? Even Denzel watching if he has something to do with that. See, these guys, they'll trick you. And I'm a believer, I'm this, I'm that. And you fall for that and you think they're powerful because they're a celebrity and a public figure. And you go for all that kind of stuff. Then they drag you right down a hell hole. And God even warned us in Deuteronomy about even prophets. Like if they come and prophesy and it comes true. But then they say, let's go follow other gods. He said, you, you're supposed to kill that person because they're trying to mislead you and take you away from God. And God is testing you. So you could be getting tested by these people trying to make them heroes and trying to make them uh uh, something that they're not don't get don't fall for that stuff i don't care who they are hallelujah you know you got to stick with the lord stick with the word and anybody to violate the word cross them out hallelujah until they repent and some things ain't no coming back on hallelujah and if he already knew he had his Chadwick already knew he had cancer with dying and he believed he was an idiot Ain't no way I would have done that. So he says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. And that's what you see. And in vain, they do worship me. Why? Because their teachings as doctrines, rules made by men. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's just tradition. You know, people attack me all the time because of holiness Ah, uh, that's that's you know, that's 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 old fogy stuff. But yet you're following all this traditional stuff. At least what I'm doing is scripturally based and, and have scriptural principles behind it. But that stuff don't have no scriptural base at all, right? And people will will cut your throat, try to and, and go off on you for you coming in on their Christmas and on these celebrities like Chadwick and other folks. <laughs> Hallelujah. If he's in hell, I don't feel sorry for him. Let me just tell you that because he shouldn't have blasphemed God. And that, that's on him because he knew better. So if we or let me Christmas, let me first say this about Christmas. Christmas is a commercialized holiday that only robs you of your money and teaches you to believe a lie. Christmas is a commercialized holiday and it robs you of your money and teaches you to believe a lie. That's what Christmas is. If you got a Christmassy tree in your house, you need to like take it out and burn it now. You need to throw it in the trash and get it out your house. There's been a lot of things that I was doing and realized was wrong. And the moment I found out that it was wrong, I got rid of it. I stopped doing it. I cut it out. Because I want to be right with God. Right. So if we are people of truth, we should not do anything that Jesus did not command us to do in order to honor him. The only thing Jesus told us to do in order to honor him was the Lord's Supper. Right. And let me give you the scripture. First Corinthians. Chapter 11. Verse 24 through 26. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. And this is new NIV. And when he had given thanks, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Don't celebrate my birthday. Don't celebrate Christmas. Nobody told you to have a, an Easter Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. And remember, he instituted this on Passover. And that's the way we should be following it, the way he do it on the Passover. When you talk about the Easter thing, uh, we don't do Easter. We celebrate the Passover the way Christ did. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, that's what he told us to do in remembrance of him, the Lord's Supper, the bread and and the cup, right? For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. That's what he told us to do. First Timothy chapter four, and I'm almost finished. First Timothy chapter four and verse number one. The spirit clearly says that in a lot of times some will abandon the faith following deceiving spirits. Anybody that's celebrating Christmas, you're following deceiving spirits. He said following deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Remember, I started out, said, how did you get here? How did it get here? It got here through demons. And how how did it get through the demons, to the demons, through the demons? How did demons get it in the church? Through the preacher. That's how. They're misleading you. They don't have enough anointing, enough truth, enough spirit to lead you right. Guarantee a lot of these preachers got Christmas trees in their house right now. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Are you following the Messiah or pagan ideals passed down to the church through corrupt and perverse men who have been robbed of the truth? Yahshua said, if you hold to my teaching, You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. People are in bondage because they are not living by the truth. But according to a lie, the devil and his demons told. (laughs) That is why so many of the saints are delusional and they fall and believe anything. And I'm almost done here. Last script I want to read and I'm done. Second Thessalonians. Chapter two, verse 10 through 12. And this is what I've talked about a little earlier. And this is NIV. And in every sort of evil that deceive those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. You tell people repent of your sins and and they don't want to repent. Tell them you got to be baptized in Jesus name, Yahshua's name, for the forgiveness of your sins. They don't want to be baptized. You tell them that they need the Holy Spirit to live a holy life, to bear forth the fruit that God is calling for. They don't want his spirit. We want entertainment. We want lies. We say, lie to me, preacher. Lie to me, false prophet. The Bible, uh, Paul talked about them having, uh, he said, in the last days, they will have itching ears, right, and will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. That's what you want. That's what a lot of people I shouldn't say you because maybe that's not what you want. But that's what a lot of people want. Right. Hopefully not you. But that's what a lot of people want. Maybe you want somebody to lie to you, make you feel good in the midst of your sins. uh, uh, God spoke to Jeremiah in lamentation and said your prophets didn't do you any good because they didn't turn you from your sins. Right. And that's that's what it's all about. It's it's about turning from our sins. Stop believing a lie. A lot of these folks got you believing a lie. They living a lie, right? I want you to be saying, "We're in the last days, brothers and so sisters." You see the COVID nineteen that has uh, come, and and God said He was going to put new diseases on us that we never heard. And this ain't the this ain't the end. This is just beginning. And we know throughout the centuries, the Spanish flu and all these other different things that we had the black the black uh, plague and all the, all those different diseases we've had. So it, it's kind of like a woman that's pregnant. She has those Braxton Hicks, which we call false labor pains. And throughout the centuries, we've been seeing the false labor pains. But when he said you start seeing this in Matthew chapter 24, he said all oh, these are the beginning of birth pains. The birth pains have begun. We don't know if they've begun right now, but one thing you need to start paying attention to and look out for is the things that are happening all around you right now today. And trust me, it's going to get worse and worse and worse, especially for the church. Right. So either you're going to submit and you're going to yield and bend and bow to the system or you're going to stand. And it might cost ridicule. It might cost you your life. It might cost you excommunication to be exiled. Right. But you're going to have to take a stand. You're going to have to decide who you're going to serve. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I say like Joshua, asked for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And not according to man's tradition but according to his word hallelujah and 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 that's what that's all about so he says here they uh uh in uh, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing and that's what's happening to people they're being deceived because they're perishing and this is why they perish he says in verse 10 of second thessalonians chapter 2 he says they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved Christmas, that's a lie. Christmas tree, that's a lie. Santa Claus, that's a lie when it comes to God and worship. None of that has nothing to do with God. And y'all sneaking and doing it. I shouldn't say sneaking because some are just doing it right in my face, right? That's why I didn't talk to them. I'm talking about my people now, church folks I pastor, right? They don't care. That's why you're going to bust hell wide open. Hallelujah, because you know the truth. So, and I'm not, look, I'm not here to play games. When I got saved, I didn't come in here to play games. I didn't come in here to be a hypocrite. I'm not perfect. I got my issue and I have to repent when I'm wrong. I get called on stuff, I have to repent. I'm not better than nobody else. I humbly submit to you. But when I left the streets, I didn't come to church to play games. When I left the church, When I left the world, I didn't come in here to hypocrite. You can't pay me to be a hypocrite. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion celebrating Christmas and all these pagan holidays and believing a lie in all this paganism. Don't see nothing wrong with a a chain cross, that that's idolatry. Don't see nothing wrong with your pagan dress, clergy, and robes. You think that's sacred and holy. That's pagan and wicked. Hallelujah. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. In verse number 12, and I'm done. And so that all will be condemned. I didn't say this. The word says it. And so all that will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. And that's what a lot of people do and and is for. All right. All right. I'm done in the name of the Lord. Thank you for. for